Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon from Oak Hill Church in Humboldt, Iowa. We pray that it helps you to know Christ, grow in Christ, and sow Christ wherever you are. For more information about who we are and what we're doing, go to oakhillhumboldt.org. Hey, Oak Hill family. It's hard to believe this is already our seventh Sunday of online services. We're grateful to God for the technology and equipment to be able to record these services. And Pastor Doug and I are especially grateful for Pastor Johnny. God has gifted him in this area. He's the one that's doing a lot of the work behind the scenes to set up equipment and help us record and edit and upload these videos. So we're thankful for the work that he's been doing and the way the Lord's using him to bless our church family. Today we're going to read 1 Peter 1, verses 10 through 12. If you don't have your Bible, grab it now, and I'm going to begin our time by reading this passage. Peter says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. In verse 1 of 1 Peter, Peter refers to Christians as elect exiles. We are people who have been chosen by God, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're headed toward eternity with Jesus, but we're not there yet. Right now we're exiles. We are pilgrims headed toward heaven. And because of that, we need help to get there. Just like Pastor Doug mentioned in the beginning of our service, we need grace to persevere on this heavenly journey. And here in verses 10 through 12, Peter points out three resources that are meant to give us grace for this heavenly journey. First, Peter says, that the Old Testament is filled with grace for you. And second, the New Testament is filled with good news for you. And third, God is still graciously working to save his people. So we're going to look at each of these three in turn. To begin, we see that the Old Testament is filled with grace for you. Verse 10, Peter says, that the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. The prophets that Peter is referring to here are the Old Testament authors. They heard a message from the Holy Spirit, wrote it down, and now it's been given for us. It's grace for us. Peter uh, refers to the Spirit as the Spirit of Christ, which is kind of interesting. He's, he's pointing out that, that the, the Holy Spirit and, and God the Son and God the Father, they're just so interconnected. They're, they're on the same page. They're of one mind. 
when the Holy Spirit was inspiring the Old Testament authors, he was uh, he was sharing with them the message of the coming Christ. The Old Testament is about Jesus. It's setting the stage for Jesus who is coming. The Spirit of Christ predicted to these Old Testament authors the coming, the sufferings of Christ, and the subsequent glories. So the entire Old Testament is a message from the Holy Spirit about Jesus who's coming to die for our sins and then to be raised to new life so that we can spend eternity with him. So all of the prophecies of the Old Testament, all of the stories of the Old Testament ultimately find their fulfillment in Jesus and they're meant to be uh, uh, sources of grace for us, for us New Testament believers. So, for example, uh, think of Genesis 3, when, when Adam and Eve sinned and God cursed Adam and Eve, and then he cursed the snake. Right there in that passage, there's this prophecy about someone who's coming. God says to the snake that he'll be at enmity with the woman and his offspring will be at enmity with her offspring. And and there's going to come a seed of the woman, an offspring of the woman, who Satan is going to bruise his heel, but this offspring of the woman is going to crush Satan's head. And that prophecy is then fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus is born of a woman. He comes from the line of Eve, and Satan bruises his heel, right? Satan strikes Jesus when he's killed on the cross. He, he deals uh, Jesus this blow, but then Jesus is raised from the dead, and he crushes sin and death. He crushes Satan, conquering him with the resurrection. Or uh, in Isaiah 7 through 9, this famous Christmas passage, in Isaiah 7, uh, Isaiah receives this prophecy about uh, a virgin is going to conceive and, and bear a child, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then in chapter 9, uh, Isaiah gives this prophecy, uh, for to us a, a son is born, to us a child is given. The government will be on his shoulder. He'll, he'll sit on the throne of David. His, his kingdom will never end. And of course, that prophecy is fulfilled again in Jesus. Jesus is born of a virgin. He's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he becomes the king. He sits on David's throne and and he will reign forever. So these Old Testament prophecies are given to to the Old Testament authors, but they're given for us now as we see them on this side of the cross. And the, the Old Testament isn't just filled with those prophecies, But there are also people and symbols in the Old Testament that foreshadow Jesus who's coming. So think about the Passover lamb. 
right? Uh, in, in Egypt, when, when God established the Passover, the Israelites, they, they killed a lamb and sprinkled the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. And when God saw that blood, he passed over those families and he, he didn't kill their firstborn. Well, then Jesus comes on and Jesus becomes the lamb of God. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He, because of the blood of Christ, God passes over our sins and we can be safe in Jesus. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. Or uh, King David. In, in the Old Testament, David fights as the champion of God's people. David sits on the throne as God's king. David is a man who's after God's own heart. But David was a sinner, right? And so then in, in the New Testament, Jesus comes, he's born of the line of David, and he takes over on the throne of King David. He fulfills the promises that, that begin to be established in, in David. And so the Old Testament is filled with these stories of, of God's grace that are going to be fulfilled in the New Testament. And look at the response of the Old Testament prophets. When they heard these stories, when they heard these prophecies, they searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. So these Old Testament prophets, they just got pieces of the puzzle. They just got to hear little bits and pieces of what God was going to do. And they were eager to see the whole picture. Just to imagine Isaiah hearing this, this prophecy about the virgin conceiving and bearing a son. He, he would have wondered, who's it going to be? What's that going to look like? How is God going to do that? So these Old Testament prophets, they were eager to know what God was doing. And Peter is, is telling us, let's be like those Old Testament prophets. And so the application for us is let's become lifelong students of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of gold. And so let's start digging. It's, it's not a mistake that the first two-thirds of your Bible is Old Testament. It's not something that we should just get through and, and pass over so that we can get to the good stuff in the New Testament. No, the, the Old Testament is full of grace for us. There's, there's a lot of food for our souls. And so we should dig deep into the Old Testament. Earlier uh, last week, I shared a video about family devotions. It's, it's on our Facebook page. And uh, many of you now are having the opportunity to do family devotions. And if you have younger kids, uh, it's, it's a great idea to find a storybook Bible and just read the stories of the Bible so that your kids can learn those stories. And I mentioned that we want to teach kids uh, big truths that they can grow into, not little truths that they can grow out of. And so this week, uh, I've been reading with my boys. We've read the story of Joseph. And if you, t if you teach the story of Joseph as a little truth that kids are going to grow out of, 
What that would look like is, is to say, well, Joseph is a story about forgiving your brothers and being kind to your siblings. And if, if that's all the deeper that that story goes, then, then kids are just going to move past that and it's not going to be that interesting to them. What we need to help our kids begin to see is Joseph is a shadow of Jesus. Joseph is a little picture of what's coming and, and is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. So Joseph is someone who was treated poorly, who was, who was wrongly accused and falsely imprisoned and suffered for things that he hadn't done wrong. And, and Joseph was the beloved son of his father. And, and Joseph was ultimately the one who saved his family. He went on to Egypt ahead of his family and, and God used him to prepare for the coming famine. So these are big truths that our kids can, can grow into. Uh, another example would be... Uh, how David prays when he's reading the word. In, in Psalm 119, verse 18, David says, uh, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things in your law. So when we, when we go to the Old Testament, we think, oh, this is, this is difficult. I'm not totally sure how to read this. We should go to the Lord and say, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. The Old Testament was written for us, for New Testament believers, so that we would see God's grace from years past and that it would encourage us to continue on in our heavenly journey. Second, we see that the New Testament is filled with good news for you. In verse 12, the second half, uh, Peter says, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. The New Testament, the Old Testament is the story of promises made. The New Testament is promises fulfilled. The Holy Spirit the same one that inspired the Old Testament, has inspired the New Testament authors, the evangelists, the preachers, to preach the good news about Jesus. The Old Testament looks at what Jesus is going to do, and the New Testament looks back on what Jesus has done. So the, the writers of the Gospels and Peter and Paul and, and these other New Testament writers, the message that they have is the message of good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The, the New Testament authors and preachers were empowered by the Holy Spirit to announce the fulfillment of God's promises in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The New Testament is the good news that Jesus Christ is the Savior and the King. Everything that is written in the New Testament is about Jesus, and it's meant to be good news to us. And so just like 
we should read the Old Testament and become lifelong students of the Old Testament. We need to become lifelong students of the New Testament. We need to dig into the New Testament and find the grace that is there for us. Uh, I've been, I've been uploading videos to Instagram for our, our youth group. I've been doing just one-minute devotionals, trying to encourage students to read God's Word. And a few weeks ago, we spent a few weeks going through Mark's Gospel. And when I began Mark's Gospel with the students, I encouraged them to read Mark's Gospel for themselves. So many of us have heard about Jesus our whole lives. We, we've heard the stories about Jesus. We've sat under uh, biblical preaching. We've, we've heard all of these messages about Jesus. But what I challenged these students with and what I want to challenge you with is, have you read the Gospels for yourself? Have you personally read Mark's Gospel and Matthew and Luke and John. Don't be a second-hander, right? A second-hander is someone who hears from someone else but doesn't read it for themselves. So be a first-hander. Be someone who uh, personally digs in to God's Word, personally digs into the stories of the New Testament, personally gets to know Jesus through the pages of Scripture. One thing that I've been encouraged by as I've spoken with many of you is, is you've been saying, hey, in this season, when I'm stuck at home, I've had a lot more time and I've had more time to dig into God's word. I've, I've heard from a few of you say, I'm spending more time in the word in the morning than I, than I ever have. And that's such valuable time. The Lord will meet you there. The Lord will bless you as you dig into the good news of the New Testament. And uh, just to, to give you another picture of this, here's how the Lord has used the New Testament in, even in the past few weeks to feed my soul. Uh, so when this, uh, when this pandemic first hit, when all the social distancing stuff first started to happen and when cancellations first uh, started to happen, uh, just like the rest of you, I was pretty disoriented and, and, and stressed out. And the Lord brought me to John 16, 33, the words of Jesus. And in that passage, Jesus says, In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. That passage was so helpful for me in that season. And it's been helpful for me now these past few weeks. Jesus is promising us, yeah, you're going to have trouble in this world. This coronavirus, it's no surprise to him. And it, it, it's not something that's unique. It's not something that's out of the ordinary for, for Christians to experience. But we don't need to worry about it. We don't have to be overwhelmed by it because... Jesus has already won. Jesus has already uh, had victory over sin and death. And so ultimately, we are secure in Jesus. And so the Lord has used that passage to help encourage me. We need to be students of the New Testament so that the Lord can give us that good news that will help us to persevere on our heavenly journey. 
This brings us to the third point. Not only was God working in the Old Testament, not only is there grace for us in the Old Testament, and God was working in the New Testament, and there's grace for us and good news for us in the New Testament, but even today, God is still graciously working to save his people. The last, uh, the last few words of verse 12, Peter says that, Uh, The good news has been announced to us by these preachers from the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And these are things into which angels long to look. So angels have been eyewitnesses of everything that God has done in redemptive history. All the way back uh, in the Old Testament, there's story after story of, of the angels participating in God's work and, and doing, uh, serving him and, and worshiping him. So they've seen everything that happened in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, right, the angels were, they were present at Jesus's birth and they were present throughout Jesus's life. And then uh, there were angels at the tomb on, on Easter Sunday, they were witnesses to the resurrection. And so the, the angels, uh, as, as worshipers of God, they have always wanted to know what God is doing. They always want to see more of God's work. So they were, they were worshiping him in the Old Testament and they were worshiping him in the New Testament. You can see, you can almost see the angels just just eager to see what's God going to do next? What's he going to do through Jesus? Uh, this Jesus has now come as a baby and, and then they followed his life and they saw Jesus die and they saw Jesus raised from the dead. But Peter uses the present tense here. He says that these are things into which angels long to look. Right now, even still, in the age of the church, as God builds his church, the angels are eager to see how God will work out his plan of redemption in and through the church. So in, uh, in Luke 15, 10, Jesus says that there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So even still today, when someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ, when someone hears the gospel message and turns from their sins and, and follows Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the angels are looking, the angels are watching that, and then when they see it, they rejoice. They, they're constantly looking. How is God going to continue to work out salvation in his people? They're eager to see more and more of God's work. And so, again, we should be like the angels. We should model their behavior, and we should become lifelong students of what God is doing. So we should look at, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing at Oak Hill in our church? And what is God doing out there in the world? We should, we should look into our own lives, right? We should, we should be rehearsing daily the hope that we have in Jesus, asking God to, to reveal his work in us, to remind ourselves that Jesus has conquered sin and death, and, and he's going to return and we're going to be with him. And so if, if you haven't done that yet, 
You need to do that. Jesus has come as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Jesus has laid down his life as our, as our sacrifice. Jesus has paid for our sins. And if we turn to him, if we turn away from our sin and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are given the promise of eternal life. So you need to examine that reality in your own heart and ask, have I trusted that reality? Am I, am I hoping in that promise? We need to rehearse that. Remind ourselves of what Jesus has done in our lives. See how he's grown us and changed us. And so as we look back on what he has done in our lives, it gives us grace to persevere for what's coming next in our lives. And, and we should look at what God is doing in our church as well. Uh, it's hard because we can't get together, but we've, we've been encouraging you to reach out to each other and as you reach out to each other, just try to hear stories of what God is doing. Ask people how they're doing. How is your walk with Jesus? How is Jesus meeting you? Right? We just watched these videos of how the Lord is giving people joy in the midst of these challenging circumstances. These are things that angels are eager to see. And so let's be eager to see God's grace in Oak Hill as well. And let's not just look at what God's doing in us or in our church. Let's see what God is doing in the world. Social media is a mixed bag. It's got some stuff that isn't really helpful for us, but there's a lot that can be helpful as well. One thing that I've seen trending on social media lately is the hashtag, Jesus changed my life. So uh, I encourage you to look into that a little bit. There's a lot of believers that while they're stuck at home, they've been sharing stories about how Jesus has changed their life. So spend some time, if you're, if you're scrolling through social media anyway, spend some time uh, looking into these stories. See how God has changed other people's lives. And then be encouraged that the, the work that God is doing in their lives, he's also doing work in your lives and, and in your life, and he will keep you as you're on your heavenly journey. So let's be like the angels and let's be students of what God is doing in the world today to graciously save his people. So we've seen here in this passage three different uh, resources of grace. As we're on our heavenly journey, God means for us to look to the Old Testament to see the grace that is for us in the Old Testament, to look to the New Testament and remind ourselves daily of the good news in the New Testament, and to look around and see what is God doing now uh, to graciously save his people, and use those different resources to strengthen your own faith. In verse 13, we see that we're supposed to uh, strengthen our minds and set our hope fully on the grace that is to be revealed to us. Let's pray. Father, you are working. You have always been working. Your Holy Spirit has been working since the Old Testament, inspiring the authors to write down these, these various prophecies and stories uh, that, that point us forward to Jesus. And the New Testament is the fulfillment of your promises. It's the story of Jesus coming 
to die for his people and to be raised to new life. It's the story of King Jesus conquering sin and death. And now today you are working out that salvation in and through us. You are working in our individual hearts, you're working in Oak Hill, and you're working in the world. So give us eyes to see. Help us to be students of your grace. And I pray that that would encourage us on our heavenly journey. In Jesus' name, amen.